we can remind the, the culture of the reason why we have this holiday. And that's because we believe that you sent your son to be born as one of us, to live as one of us without sin, and then to die for us so that we could be saved and have life with you forever. Lord, I just pray for this time as we open up and read this story, a story that we know so well that we can be refreshed and reminded and renewed in why we celebrate and have the joy that comes with that. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but Christmas is a great time. I love Christmas. We have all these traditions around Christmas. I remember as a kid, we used to wake up really early on Christmas morning, and my parents said, hey, you can, you can wake up as early as you want, but, and you can have the stockings, but you have to wait for us to wake up before you do any more presents. And so we'd be out in the living room, opening up stockings, waiting for my parents to wake up. And then I grew up and got married, and I was waking up early, having to wake up my wife to celebrate Christmas on Christmas morning. And then I had kids, and they slept in, and I was like, what is wrong with you? It's Christmas, wake up, let's get to this. And then this morning, when my son woke me up at 4 a.m., I was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you waking me up so early? So I, we put them off until 5, and then we got up. So I've been up since 4 a.m., uh, and we've been opening your presents and having that great time. So hopefully you've had a great Christmas morning uh, so far. But Christmas is that time where we have these traditions. We do things like that, in our, at least in our family. And uh, sometimes, you know, every six years is it that Christmas falls on a Sunday. All of a sudden, those traditions that we do get kind of mixed up, and it becomes a little harder to do that. But I have to confess something. I kind of like it. Why? Because it actually forces me to remember why we celebrate in the first place. When all the debate rages in people's like whether we should go to church or not on Christmas Day, it's like, yes, this is why we're celebrating. That all the traditions are great and we can celebrate and we can have a great joy in doing those or not doing them however your family sees fit. But this is why we celebrate. To remember God sending his son. And how fitting is it to gather together with our family of faith and remember how we are saved and why we're saved because God loved us. Why we're still sinners. And he sent his only son to die for us. And that's what we're said in the beginning of Luke, Luke chapter 2, about how Mary and Joseph end up in Bethlehem. And then we see the birth happen. And in Luke chapter 2, uh, Verses 8 through 20, we see people witnessing what is going on and being told what is happening. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. We're starting verse 8. If you don't, it's be on the screen as we see people receiving this great news for the first time that a Savior has been born. And it says this, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among whom, with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told them. We see the Son being given to us. This Christmas, we, we entered the Christmas season kind of going through a small little series focusing on how the Trinity plays out in Christmas, about how it's the Father who sins, and it's the Holy Spirit who empowers, and now we're going to see it's the Son who came for us. And so when you read this, it's very clear that the Son came to bring us joy, peace, and salvation. That's what we're remembering on Christmas Day is that the Son, God Himself, stepped down into human flesh as a baby for us so that He could bring us joy, peace, and salvation. That these words we sing in all the Christmas carols about joy and peace and how we talk about the Savior coming, they're not just words. They have deep meaning about what we rejoice and celebrate. That on our own, we were doomed. We were hopeless. We had no thing to rejoice in except for the fleeting things of this world. But in Jesus, we get true joy. This is account as these angels appeared to the shepherds on that first Christmas morning. So what I want to do is I just want to take a little bit of time and look at what they actually told these shepherds and why that is great news for us that we can still celebrate it today. So you can imagine the scene. The shepherds are out in the fields and all of a sudden, boom, light. The glory of the Lord shone upon them and an angel spoke from that glory and said, hey, don't be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Just look at that announcement. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. That this is maybe the biggest birth announcement ever. I don't know if you've been on social media lately, but when people have kids, they like to let people know they're having kids in more and more creative ways. That makes me feel lazy that we just kind of hold up a clipboard. Hey, we're having a kid coming up. We just did that because we just celebrated the birth of a new kid. And so we have this birth announcement, right? It's just become commonplace. But here is like the biggest, the grandest birth announcement you could ever have. An angel shows up with the glory of the Lord shining around him, and then a choir of angels comes behind him and celebrates the birth of this child. And so we have to remember that what we're, that what we celebrate this morning is remembering that someone, Jesus, was born for us. Is an event that happened in a historical time, and it's good news, and we remember this event happening. But it's this good news that brings great joy. That as this angel unpacks what is happening, the shepherds will be realizing why this is so joyous, that there's a Savior coming, that He's going to rule, that He's going to save us, that He's going to bring this peace. And so there's this great joy that they're announcing that's taking place. It's a reminder to us that Christmas is a time of joy. 
That even in our darkest moments, even when life does not seem to be going well, even when we're mourning on a Christmas because life was not what it once was, or we're mourning our missing loved ones, or we're, we can't be with family, or maybe this life has not been great, even in those circumstances, this is still true, that there's great joy for us. That's a time of great joy because we're remembering salvation coming to us in the form of the Son. So this announcement is of great joy, and it's for all people. That Jesus came so that all people, as good news, that it wasn't only for select few, it, was only, it wasn't only for the very hyper-religious, it wasn't only for the good, it wasn't only for this ethnic group or that ethnic group, but it was for all people to hear and respond to and know the great joy that comes when Jesus arrives in this world. It's for all the people. This is the announcement that the angel brings, and it's what we remember on this Christmas morning. We're celebrating good news of great joy, and everyone needs to hear about that. Christmas is a great thing because it's so ingrained in our society that people who otherwise turn a blind eye to who Jesus is at this time of year, they can't help but know it or hear about it or in, in, in some ways even celebrate it. I love the fact that you can even watch secular movies like the new cartoon, well, it's not new, it's a couple of years old, cartoon Grinch, and they're singing Christmas carols, heralding the birth of a Savior. It is a great thing that even little kids watching this that might not even go to church, they hear these songs, and the truth of who Christ is is worming its way into their brains and hearts. And we pray it's making them receptive to that truth when they hear the true gospel people that people could celebrate and why is this joyful for as the angel says for unto you this day is born in the city of david a savior a savior has come a Savior implies that we need to be saved. And in, in, in the Jewish people of this time were thinking of someone saving them from the Roman occupation. They were thinking of someone saving them from, from uh, making restoring Israel into this great glory. But as we know through the, the um, revealing of the Scripture that the Savior is beyond that. It's more than that. It saves our souls. It saves us from our sin. It saves us from the devil. It saves us from our, ourselves. And so when we read this, that a Savior has come, the reality that we need a Savior settles in. This is why it's great news, because on our own, humanity is doomed. We have no hope. We cannot follow God's law good enough. We cannot be nice enough. We cannot follow the rules well enough to be saved. And so what do we need? We need a Savior. And this is what the angel announced. A Savior is coming. And so we rejoice in that. Not only that, but what does it say about this baby that was born, that he is the Savior? This means he was given a mission and accepted a mission and came for that mission. What was that mission? To save his people. Baby born, and we look upon his life and what he does for us, and we celebrate that. He truly is a Savior. That that title is significant because that is what he achieved. He saved us. He's not an attempted Savior. He's not a potential 
Savior. He's not a wannabe Savior. As the angel declares, He is the Savior. That what He came to accomplish, He accomplishes. What He came to achieve, He achieves. And so when He comes, even as a baby, the end is sure, as He grows up without sin, representing humanity flawlessly, goes to the cross as one of us, taking our sin upon Himself, giving us His right, standing before the Holy God, He is the Savior. And He saves. Without question, point, period, He does it. He accomplishes it. And that is what we celebrate. That without Him being born, He could not live for us. Without Him being born, He could not die for us. Without Him being born, He could not save us. And He truly is the Savior. Mission accomplished. And so we rejoice. But He's not just the Savior. It says, who is Christ the Lord? That He's Christ. In the Hebrew, the Messiah he, he is the anointed and to represent God and to save us. But not only that, just the, the fact that he's Christ signifies that he's man, that he's, a, he's anointed prophet by God, he's anointed one by God, he was human, but he's also the Lord. That he was not just man, he was God. That he actually was the Lord, a term reserved for God himself. And here we get this hint that Jesus was not just a prophet, though he was a prophet, he was not only a prophet. He was not just someone who's going to step into that role of priesthood, which he will do, but he was God himself who serves us and loves us and came down into flesh for us. That he is God. This is the incarnation, one of the greatest miracles that has ever occurred. occurred. That God loved us so much that the second person of the Trinity, the Son, comes down and is willing to humble himself, taking on the very likeness of humanity, being born a helpless baby, growing up for us, experiencing all that we experience, but yet doing it perfectly without sin, and he loves us to that extent. He's willing to humble himself to save us. This is something that should boggle our minds that he loves us so much to be willing to endure that for us. People have pondered this for ages. Augustine, in the 14th century, one of the church fathers says, man's maker was made man that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep. The way be tired on its journey, that truth might be accused of false witnesses. The teacher be beaten with whips. The foundation be suspended on wood. That strength might grow weak. That the healer might be wounded. That life might die. That this is the God we're talking about, who is strength, the foundation, the truth, the healer, the, the life. And yet he's willing to take on human form for us. J.R. Packer, another a theologian, says, The Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, needing to be fed and changed and taught to, taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the Incarnation. We can't make this stuff up. That God loves us so much that He's willing 
not only to walk a mile in our shoes, but for 33 This is the truth, that the Son came to bring us joy, peace, and salvation. That the Son stepped in to the world. The sign the shepherds were given was so human. Go and look for this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. Go look for this baby, and that's how you'll know this is the Savior born for you. As one of you, to live for you, then to die for you. But he was also God in the flesh. So he just didn't represent us perfectly, but he was the one who could step across that gap between God and humanity perfectly and pull us back into relationship with God because he was God eternal. And this means, as the choir of angels, the host appeared behind this angel and and they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is why we can celebrate peace on a Christmas morning. Peace is a big thing. I mean, you look around and peace is everywhere. You can buy cards that have peace on it, peace to the world. We drive by lights that say you talk about peace. You know, we cease from striving, cease from conflict. But when this angel choir, this host of heavenly warriors talks about peace to whom he is pleased, they're talking about something more fundamental, something more needed. They're not talking about just a temporary striving from um, conflict, but they're talking about the shalom that God brings when he saves us. That we're wrapped back into relationship with God, that humanity was in rebellion, they were going against God's way, we were at war with God, and God said, no, this will end when I send my son to save you, and you will have peace. For the first time in your life, as you look upon that Savior, you will have peace because you will be in right relationship with your maker. You will no longer be at war. And so when we remember peace on a Christmas morning, this is the peace we're remembering, that we have peace with our almighty God, our creator, that we have peace that brings peace to our life. And we celebrate that and rejoice because the Son came to bring us joy, peace, and salvation. And so what should our response be? Well, I love the story of the shepherds because they tell us how to respond and how they responded. They travel to Bethlehem. They see this child. They relay what this angel told them. And then what do they do? God, for all that they had heard and seen as had been told them. How do we respond to our Savior being born? Well, we're told how we should respond is that we glorify and praise God as we remember the reality of our Savior being born. We glorify God. We praise Him. We magnify Him. We we make much of what He's done for us and His love for us. We praise Him because we're in awe of His love. We're in awe about how He has orchestrated events to save us. And so we glorify and praise God. And so Christmas is a time of worship as we glorify and praise God and remember the salvation that we have in Christ. And as we remember that baby being born for us and who saves us, we have to remember why he was born for us. And that was to go to the cross for us. 
to bring us back in relationship with our God. So it's fitting on this Christmas morning that we're going to end by celebrating the Lord's Supper or Communion. A time, a, a sacrament given to us by Jesus Himself on that Last Supper so that we could remember and rejoice and praise the fact that He gave Himself up for us so that we could have a relationship with God. Here at River Valley Community, believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We welcome you to come up and receive the elements as we celebrate and remember. As we think about and dwell about this, we're reflecting on the reality of Christmas. That Christmas is just that part one of the story that is God's story of how he's bringing redemption to his people. And so we celebrate that and remember why our, our Savior was born on this Christmas morning and that was to go to the cross to save us. So I'm going to invite the band back up here. I'm going to ask everyone to reflect and pray and to prepare your hearts and minds to receive the Lord's Supper, to receive these elements, reflecting on who Christ is and how he saved us. They're going to play some some light music, and when you're ready, you can come up and you can grab a cup and you can take a piece of bread and go back to your, uh, your seat. And then when we all have received the elements, we'll take them together as a community of faith. What we're remembering is what we're rejoicing on Christmas, that the Son's bringing us salvation. The Son came to bring us the salvation. We remember it. We rejoice in it. So let's prepare our hearts to receive it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Send your Son to save us. And Lord, I just pray that we, as we reflect upon that this Christmas morning, that we can rejoice. That we truly can celebrate you sending your Son for us. Lord, I ask that you make that reality real in our hearts, in our minds. I pray for forgiveness of our sins as we remember him taking our sins upon us that we can confess them and lay them at the foot of the cross. I pray for everyone here to experience the joy of salvation in Christ. That we can know the truth of who he is and walk in light of it. Lord, we love you. We seek you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So take a moment. Prepare your hearts, and then when you're ready, you can come up and take uh, the elements. There's two tables on one on either side.